Dude, did you check the standings? We're not doing so hot, are we? No, it's brutal. Like, what's what's going on? I don't get it. I've, I'm putting in research. I think the picks are good. Like, we're just not, you're not hitting the mark. What's I up? I can't pick to save my life. I'm we're losing to a coin. Yeah, I, I, that's driving me crazy. I can't deal with that. You got to fix it. I'm willing to go to some drastic lengths to fix this. All right. <sighs> me are too. Are you thinking what I'm thinking? I think so. Ah. Uh, I never thought I'd go here, but let's let's do this. Let's give it a try, right? Let's it do it. It doesn't hurt, right? Let's do it. Forgive me, Father, for I have sinned. I know you've told me to resist the temptation and not fall prey to weakness, but I couldn't resist taking the Dolphins last week, getting 22 and a half points. And I know you tried to warn me with their putrid play, but I couldn't avoid it. I'm sorry that one time I super kicked that guy's fence and I knocked it over and I didn't even say sorry or stay and face the music. And I ran away like Baker Mayfield from the police. And, I, and I'm also sorry about that one time my friend asked who to draft in fantasy football. And I told him, you should draft Eddie George. This was in 2012. And I'm really sorry for that time that I ate all the cereal at my friend's house. And I blamed it on the other fat guy that was there. Hello, my children. This is Football God. Football God? Yes, that is I. Now I understand how you feel. And you should feel sorry. But as long as you believe in Football God, all your sins are forgiven. I believe. I believe in football, God. Yeah, I mean, that doesn't sound too difficult. But hey, what what are you going to do for us? What's in, what's in here for, for me? Yeah, can you get Slipknot to play the Super Bowl halftime show? Yeah, yeah, you should do that. Can you get, I don't know, maybe a decent game on Monday Night Football? Oh, here's a good one. What about, could you get Joe Buck to stick with baseball? Oh, 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 I got one. Can you make sure the Patriots don't win the Super Bowl? We're kind of getting sick of that. Silence! That is enough of the demands for football god. Besides, I'm a Pats fan anyways. You're listening to the Even the Odds Podcast with your hosts, Tub and Jimbo. Welcome back, guys. This is Jim with Even the Odds. And I'm Tub. And, uh, yeah, so we had a pretty inspiring week, you know, after some uninspiring picks that we made. Uh, we kind of went to our last resort, and that's talking to football guy. And we kind of learned a few things from him, uh, kind of what to do and what not to do going forward with the game of football. And we'd like to share a couple of those with you. Uh, one of those things being, if you're going to have friends over for football and you don't have enough beer, well, that's a sin. And you're going to have to atone for that later. And the next time you go to a football gathering, you better bring an extra, you know, I don't know, 12-pack, 30-pack. Make sure your buds are taken care of. And, and that goes for food as well. If you're going to a party and you're only bringing little 10-piece wings and there's 10 people there, that's a, that's a foul. That's a sin in the eyes of our football lord. And you got to avoid these kind of things because you know what? Your actions do matter. You know, if you're not wearing your team's jersey on game day, you that's why they lost. It's your fault. 
you got to think about it for the rest of the week. You got to atone for your sins. And, and we're here, even the odds, to help you. And we'd like to hear any stories like this where you've pleased or angered the football gods. Let us know on social media. We'd be more than happy to hear them. Yeah, so that was a pretty brutal week for us. I mean, we're now both losing to the coin. I'm now last in the group, and I'm just finding it hard to to deal with this. I'm not sure what to do. So we turned to all answers, and I'm really hoping that things change this week. What about for yourself, Tup? I'm hanging my head in shame. I'm embarrassed. And, yeah, we had to look for some answers, and hopefully we found those answers, and hopefully we'll do better this week. I just have this to say, praise be to football, Lord. I mean, you're my one true savior in life, and I'm hoping that you can guide me this week and enlighten me when I make my picks. And without further ado, here's our week four picks. Amen. All right. On Thursday night football, we have the Philadelphia Eagles at the Green Bay Packers with the Packers giving up four and a half points to Philly. Yeah, this is kind of a pretty good matchup. A lot, lot better than what we usually see on Thursday Night Football. I'm pretty excited for this one. The Packers are kind of flying high. They're 3-0 right now. Uh, the Eagles have kind of been off to a weird start. I mean, you would have figured they would have picked up that win against the Lions. I can't believe they dropped that one. That seemed to be right there for the taking, and they just couldn't get it done to finish that one off. But we'll see what happens here. I think the Packers look for real, and their defense definitely looks pretty nasty. I think, though, that Philly's just kind of licking their wounds right now. Yeah, they're they're still recovering from that kind of body bag game they had going on with the Falcons on Sunday Night Football a couple weeks ago. Yeah, and I think that's just – it's a little too soon for them to go up against something like the Pack right now. Yeah, I think so, too. I mean, you'll kind of notice right now in the NFC North, everybody's kind of playing ball control football. It seems to be the common theme that we're seeing. I mean, Detroit's kind of doing that. Uh, Chicago did that pretty damn well last year, and the Vikings have been doing that for the past couple of years, so – they're all kind of playing this this boring, grind it out, get the job done football. And, hey, it's working. They're all kind of uh, coming in with winning records so far. But it's going to be interesting to see what happens with the Eagles here. Uh, do you think they're going to be pursuing any trades? I, I really feel like at this point, I mean, Jalen Ramsey could be on that team any moment now, and I wouldn't be shocked. I feel like they got to make something happen. This is a team that has Super Bowl aspirations still, but one and two, they're kind of digging themselves a pretty big hole so far, and especially coming into a matchup like this. I mean, if they think that they got a chance this season, they got to show up here. Yeah, I agree, and that's uh, the reason why I myself, I don't think there's enough points being given to the Philadelphia Eagles. I got to go with the Green Bay Packers. Ooh, okay. Yeah, Um, I think I'm feeling that too. I mean – this is just not seeming like a good matchup. Uh, short week, too. Yep. I think Green Bay, the way they've been playing, I mean, they seem to be on a roll. I don't really see the Eagles coming in and stopping them. I think they're going to be off to a rough start. I think they're looking at one and three. I think so, too. What about the coin? All right, let's check with the coin here. Looks like the coin doesn't agree with us, so that's clearly not a good sign for the packers well you know maybe they're paying the coin off in cheesesteaks who knows yeah it looks like uh the coin's got a little philly special going yeah, on yeah and the so. coin was on a roll last week too let's not forget. yeah yeah we, we can't forget that part the coin beat us both yeah things picking, aren't looking so, so good there so maybe it knows something maybe maybe we do We'll see. Yeah, we'll have to see. Let's go on to the next matchup here. The next one, we have a slobber knocker, you could say. The Tennessee Titans at the Atlanta Falcons, with the Atlanta Falcons giving up four and a half points to the Titans. I think it's pretty fair to say that both these two teams were the most disappointing teams from last weekend. I 
pretty much thought that the Titans were going to come in and just put a whooping on the Jags on Thursday Night Football last week. Boy, was I wrong. Gardner Minshew looked like a Hall of Famer. The chosen them. one. Yeah, he looked pretty legit. And honestly, it's sad to say that in a division that features Deshaun Watson, easily probably one of the five to ten best quarterbacks in the NFL, no hate on him here. Um, but when you got Jacoby Brissett and Gardner Minshew and Marcus Mariota, Marcus Mariota is the worst quarterback of those four, and it's clearly obvious. You can't make a debate here and tell me that he's better than Gardner Minshew, and I don't think I don't think you'd make that debate either. No, so. they're trying to they're trying to force a square peg into a triangle, and they've been trying to do it for the last couple of years, and I don't see it. They need to make a change of quarterback. This is why they got Ryan Tannehill. I'm not saying Ryan Tannehill's the answer, but they're going to have to do something quick because if they or showing up against Atlanta, I think Atlanta's going to have a little shot of adrenaline in this game. They better, because that was another surprise from last week. How the hell did they drop that game to the Colts? I don't know. Maybe the Colts are better than everybody thought. I mean, I think we're going to get to them later on, and I think that clearly is part of the, the reasoning here on what happened in that game. But still, the Falcons should have been in that one. They yeah. honestly should have ran away with it, and it was their chance. You look at what's happening inside the division here, and this is the time. The Saints are hurt. The other two teams are floundering. Like, if they really think that they can keep this going and continue to be this perennial playoff team that they have been over the past several years, this is the time. So what's going to happen? Are we going to see the Falcons that we saw against the Eagles, or are we going to see the Falcons that we saw in weeks one and two, which looked like a pretty lackluster football team? I'm not going to lie and cover for them here. I mean, that's just – the facts yeah. so i don't know Wh who you got this game i'm i'm probably gonna shoot myself in the foot because i know no matter who i pick it's gonna be wrong but i'm going with the atlanta falcons to bounce back against the titans the titans were just ass juice last week yeah um you know what i agree with you here i think the falcons have to bounce back i, I think this is the game where it, they're going to really have to seriously think about what they're going to be this season. And if they're not able to pull out games like this, they might as well pack it in already in week four. So give me the Falcons. All right, we both have Atlanta. What about our old pal, the coin? Looks like the coin disagrees. The of coin course. is going the Tennessee Titans. So Interesting. Uh, yeah, so get the Titans in your parlays, people. It looks like they're going to run. Next matchup, who we got? Next one's a little bit more interesting. We have the 3-0 New England Patriots at the 3-0 Buffalo Bills, with the Bills getting 7.5 points. I think the Bills are going to need a little more help than that. Yeah, uh, I think they might. How legit are they? Because let's look at their record. They're 3-0. I think no one can sit here and laugh at nope. them being 3-0. They've played pretty good football. They definitely won three games. Yeah. Can't argue that. Yeah. I mean, that's like the one thing that I will agree with here. Other than that, though, Let's look at who they beat. So the Bills' three wins were against the Jets, the Giants pre-Dana Jones, and the Bengals. I think it's pretty fair to say that these are three of the five worst teams in the NFL. Am yes, I correct here? I would say so, too. There are definitely some teams with a lot of turmoil. Yeah, I think the Giants The Giants showed some promise in, in this last game, and we'll talk about them more later on in the episode. But the other two teams just flat-out stink, and there's no way around this. The Pats, on the other hand, have completely demoralized every team they've played so far. There has not been a game that has been even remotely close. So the fact that the oddsmakers in Vegas think that 7.5 points is enough to justify a game between two 3-0 teams, I think this is fool's gold. I just don't see where the Bills stack up. I think this is a game where they're going to get punched in the mouth. I mean, we're going to have to really see 
who they really are this week and how they handle the adversity that comes with getting killed by the Pats at home. I really hope we see a lot of people getting put through tables. I hope we see some pile drivers, some choke slams, some power bombs, what have you, from the Bills Mafia this week. And they're going to win somehow, some way. Oh, I see what you're doing here. This is a, I mean, anyone who's followed New England knows every year there's always one game where they inexplicably lose. And you always come back to that later on in the season and just go, how the hell did the pass lose to the Lions? Yep. I think I know what you're thinking It here. never matters. This will wash, come out in the wash, come postseason. They're going to drop this one. This is a classic Pats motivation game where they drop the game that they should win, but they will ride this loss the rest of the year as motivation. Yep, so I, I'm picking the Buffalo Bills to circle the wagon. Interesting. I like I liked the pick. I mean, got some real balls for this one, but I don't know. I think the Pats are going to smash them. So let's that's, see what the coin is. That's has to definitely say. fair to say. Well, the coin doesn't believe in your optimism here. They're going Patriots. Let's go. Next matchup. All right. The next one, we have the Cleveland Browns at the Baltimore Ravens, with the Ravens giving up six and a half points. Yeah, I I think I'm going to have to retire the whole America's team thing. I don't think it's taken off the way I thought it would. This yeah. has been uh, not what I expected from the Browns. I mean, the defense looks pretty good. I think Hey, they showed up against the Rams. I'll give them that because the Rams have, what, a top five offense in the league? They held them in check pretty much most and of the way through. That score, that was a very defensive game. Besides those couple Cooper Cup touchdowns, it seems like the Rams were kind of sputtering the whole game. We weren't really seeing the high-flying team that we were used to. So I got to give them a little bit of props there. Like the Browns came to play on defense. But here's where I have some serious issues with them is their offense. You look at Baker Mayfield. Here's a guy that everybody thought preseason he was going to blow up. He was going to be like a potential MVP candidate. And even you looked at some of the odds, a lot of people thought he was one of the favorites for that race. But now, I don't know. I mean, he's got two touchdowns this whole season. Yeah. Daniel Jones and Kyle Allen had four in last week. And those are guys that, honestly, we didn't expect anything from this year. So what is going on? Like, I don't – are they not getting Odell involved enough? Are they not getting enough room for Chubb to run? I don't understand what is going on with that offense. And you look at some of the plays they were making in that last game. I mean, calling a draw on fourth and nine, get out of here. Like, that is not an NFL – play call you're going to lose every time with that i think that nails it because they're one of those on paper teams on paper they're world beaters yeah and then you watch them do the draw like that and you're like oh you remind yourself oh yeah it's cleveland that's not winning football no and they're not used to winning football i you know maybe that's part of it maybe they just need to go through a little growing pains to kind of get to where they need to go it's not over yet but they got a tough game against the Baltimore Ravens at Baltimore. Yeah, and you know what's funny is a couple weeks ago I would have said this is going to be the game that's going to determine the division. And you know what? I wasn't wrong because if the Ravens win this game, you can close the book on the AFC North. I don't see anything coming from the Bengals. I think the Steelers are dead in the water. This is the game. If the Browns want to have any shot at hosting a home playoff game this year, they got to win this game. And I don't think they're going to do it. Nope. And I think Lamar Jackson's going to have quite the chip on his shoulder after last week. Oh, he was stellar in that game. I don't think it was his fault at all. No, he wasn't. But I think just knowing, having watched that game, seeing how close it was, 
knowing that they couldn't get as much out of their offense as they have been able to get, I think they're going to take it out on the Browns. Oh, yeah. I, I think this could be a slaughter. I yeah. definitely don't think the six and a half points the Browns are getting are going to be enough to justify picking them here. So we're agreement here. We're I'm going Ravens. I'm going with the Ravens. Okay. Well, let's, let's see what the coins got. Okay. So looks like three for the Ravens here. Interesting. Coin finally agrees. Yeah, it's about time. We'll, well that's good for us. Maybe yeah. we'll get one right. Right. Okay. What else do we got here? On to the Kansas City Chiefs at the Detroit Lions with the Detroit Lions getting six and a half points. This is kind of a, another really interesting matchup because it is the other game this week uh, besides the Pats and Bills that features two undefeated opponents. Now, this is where you can kind of make fun of me here. The Lions happen to tie one of those games, so not the most sexy undefeated team ever, but still, I mean, on paper. On paper. There. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm of the camp, though, that if you tie, that's like two L's. Yeah, so they're two and two. I'm with you there. In my opinion. I think, I think tying is the worst thing, and it shouldn't happen ever. But, hey, them's the rules, so right? we're going with that. But uh, let's talk a little bit about, about the Lions here. So here's a team. They're 2 and one A lot of people are kind of getting some, some hype about them. I'm not sure why, because if anybody watched them play those games, they very easily – could be 0-3 right now. But also, on the flip side, they very easily could be 3-0. and So it's it's weird. I don't I don't know what to make of them because in some cases, they are playing great football. The O-line is really coming to play. Yep. The last two weeks, they have not given up a sack. You want to know the last time the Detroit Lions went two straight games without giving up a sack? 2011. So oh, wow. a lot more recently okay. than you'd think. <laughs> but here's where I'll just add another thing. You want to know the last time the Lions went three games where they didn't give up a sack? Hmm. Never. So what does that say about this? I think the Lions are going to finally show some signs of who they really are. I think this is going to be a week where the Chiefs come out there and play their best football. But, big but, I think the Chiefs get out to a big lead early and Matthew Stafford comes roaring back in the fourth quarter. I don't think the Lions are going to win this game, but I definitely think they're going to cover Okay. I'm going to go with the Lions here. I can't disagree with that at all because who better than Matthew Stafford to rally your team in the fourth quarter? But they haven't seen anything like the Chiefs offense yet. They've seen a broken down Philly team. They've seen an inconsistent Chargers team in that offense in Arizona. I just don't see them being able to keep up defensively with anything Pat Mahomes is doing right now. Can we talk Pat Mahomes real quick? Yeah, let's do it. So uh, last year, the big talking point with Pat Mahomes was, oh, yeah, well, anybody would do well if they had Tyreek Hill and Kareem Hunt on their team. He's got so many weapons that it kind of makes him, you know, makes it a little easier for him. He doesn't have to work as hard as, say, like a Brady or like a Drew Brees or somebody like that. Uh, let's fast forward to now. Mm-hmm. Hill's been gone since week one. Hunt hasn't been on the team since last year. Nope. Who are the guys that he is working with? I mean, Travis Kelsey, for sure. He is an, an elite tight end. Po- in a no, post-Gronk world, he's probably the top guy. He, I would agree with you. He probably is the best tight end in football right now. But are you seriously writing home about how great Sammy Watkins is? I mean, this isn't 2011. This isn't like... I thought he disappeared for years. I honestly... You could have told me he was retired, and I would have believed it. But then look what happens. Yeah. First game back. 
Oh yeah, he blows up. And then you look at they got uh they got Hardman. He's mm-hmm. been playing well. And they got Robinson. So they're pulling in guys that are kind of just stepping up and filling the void of a Tyreek Hill. But this kind of makes me think Pat Mahomes isn't the system guy. No. He's not making this happen based on the fact that he's got all this talent around him. I think he's just a super talented guy, and he's finally able to show that now. And I think a lot of the success rests on him. Oh, yeah. No, I think he's breaking the mold of what a conventional quarterback is. And I don't think there's any system that would matter in this regard. He's just making things happen all the time. Sometimes good is just good. There's no explanation for it. And I think that's what he's showing right now. So that's really interesting. So it sounds like you're going Chiefs and I'm going Lions here. You're picking Lions. I got to go with the Chiefs. I just don't think Detroit's going to have enough gas on defense to stop him. Yeah, I mean, that's a fair point. I I mean, I'm... I'm not crazy. I don't think the Lions are going to win. I have all the faith in Stafford to lead the team, and maybe some miracle for them would happen. But I I think six and a half is a lot. I think think they can cover. But, yeah, it's fair. Let's see what the coin's got to say. Looks like the coin is feeling a little little froggy. Yeah. Looks like uh, the coin wants to match Stafford. The coin wants the Lions. All right. We shall see. All right. Uh, Next matchup. Oh, boy. Is 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 this right? Raiders at Colts. Yep. Colts minus six and a half. Yep. Oakland Raiders at the Indianapolis Colts with the Colts giving up six and a half points to the Oakland Raiders. I just want to drop a, a quick stat real quick. Tom Brady, Jimmy Garoppolo, Jacoby Brissett. You know what the combined record of these guys is so far in the NFL season? Hmm. Eight and one. Now, I, I here's why I'm bringing this up. Why is it that no other team in the NFL can develop a starting caliber quarterback? Why is it that only the Patriots can do this? And I know Bill Belichick's a great coach, and we've talked about this extensively, and it's kind of getting old at this point. We know he's great. We know that they're doing the right thing, seemingly always. But why can't anyone else do this? Why is it only them? Like, they literally traded away two franchise quarterbacks because Tom Brady's going to play forever. And look what they're doing now. Yeah. Like, nothing can stop Brissett and the Colts right now. I seriously thought at this point they would be 0-3. We'd be talking about next year. We would be talking about some uh, spiritual healing that Andrew Luck would be going on right now. Yeah, he's We'd be got the crystals going right now. Oh, yeah. He's getting his chakras aligned. He's getting everything all uh, situated for playing Good for next him. year. Good for um, That's what I thought we would be talking about right now. But, no, they seem to be, like, a legit – AFC playoff contender, which, I mean, good for them. I mean, they got a pretty easy road. Anybody that gets to play the Titans and <laughs> and Texans and Jags multiple times, that's seems like they got a shot. And I kind of got to give credit where credit is due. Uh, Frank Reich and the coaching staff has done a really great job of getting this team prepared and ready to play under the circumstances of losing their franchise quarterback. Mm-hmm. And any other team, if you were to see something like this happen, you can just write the season off. But I, I guess I got to get props. They're really putting something together. And I don't know, especially when you're playing the Raiders, it makes me think they're going to keep this rolling. They've had a very balanced offense, too. Oh, yeah. They've been able to move the ball and, and be Ma- pretty consistent. Really. Mac has taken a lot of the workload and really ran with it. And Brissett, I mean, I've always thought he was kind of good. It's yeah. just one of those things he just needed the time to develop, and it looks like he's developing right in front of our eyes. And that was one of the things, too, that we uh, unfairly were kind of judging him based on what he did a couple seasons ago when he got forced into the starting role in Indy. 
you got to imagine, though, back then, that was before they made some big upgrades to the O-line. Mm-hmm. And he was running scared pretty much every time he dropped back. Now you can definitely tell like he's Brissett has been able to build up a comfort level. And he's been able to go out there and do what needs to be done. He's not forcing anything too crazy. He's making the smart, right throws. And that's why I think they're going to keep this going. I'm going with the Colts for sure this week. I mean, and there's not even really anything to say about the Raiders, sadly. Like, we could sit here and try to talk about things about the Raiders, too, but there's really nothing. They have an okay ground game. They still don't have a pass rush. They still don't have these things that they're known for having. Derek Carr has been playing this pedestrian-level quarterback this season. They're going to need a lot more. So, I mean, I got to go with the Colts, too. I just don't see, sorry, Coach Gruden, I don't see it. I don't see it in Indy. I do have to disagree with you a little bit here. They are showing one sign that every Raiders team has always had, and that's complete and utter dysfunction. Okay, fair Th- enough. That's the one thing that you can say is consistent with the Raiders, and they're definitely showing that off this year, but I just don't, don't see it for them. So let's go ahead and see what the coin has to say for this matchup. Coach Gruden must have got to the the coin here. Looks like they're going with the Raiders. Up next, the Los Angeles Chargers at the hapless Miami Dolphins with the Dolphins getting 16 and a half points. Jeez. That's That's a lot of points. The Chargers are a mess right now. Would you agree? They're blowing it. And at the beginning of the season, before week one, I would have said they have one of the most balanced rosters in the entire league. Yeah. Pretty much year in and year out, it feels like. But this year especially, I thought everything's going to go fine. They're going to do fine. They're going to win 10, 11 games, and they're going to make it to the postseason. But here they sit at 1-2, and two, traveling to Miami, 0-3. This is a trap. Uh, I don't know about that. I mean, I think you could make arguments that really, besides Keenan Allen, Phillip Rivers, and Austin Eckler in the first couple of weeks, I'm not really noticing much else going on in, in Los Angeles. No. I don't really understand – what the game plan is. I felt like they were really flat in that last final drive. Like I, I remember we were sitting there watching that game, and we were both just going, yeah, this is where they're going to push us in the overtime. Mm-hmm. They're really going to take this over. Like We really were expecting Phillip Rivers to come through, and it just didn't happen. And I know they were sitting there trying to force it to Keenan Allen left and right, and it, and it kind of got them there. But at the same time, like what else are they going to do? Like They cannot be this predictable football team. they got to kind of – Think outside of the box and do something different. Like I don't understand what the game plan is, but we we talk about uh, a team that's a mess. Let's hmm. go to the ultimate mess. Let's talk about the Dolphins. Now I don't even want to talk about the real team. These guys suck. There's no way around that. None of these guys are going to be on this team next year. They're all auditioning for whatever XFL roster they're going to be on, or uh, you know, practice squad or something like that. It doesn't really matter. So I got an idea for the Dolphins because, first off, one, they should stop putting betting lines out on them because we could yeah. give them 50 points, and I don't think they're going to – they still would have a hard time covering. So here's my new idea. The Dolphins should pioneer old-timers games. Now, I know that sounds foolish and stupid, but hear me out. All those retired guys want money for, like, a pension or health care? No, go back out on the field. I want to see the 72 Dolphins go out there and take an L so they shut the hell up forever. I want to see Dan Marino go out there and sling it one more time. You know, I'll probably get picked, but who gives a shit? I mean, at least we got to see Marino again. Yeah. I mean, What's they, OJ McDuffie doing? Let's see. This is a great idea. 
they should forego drug tests for Ricky Williams getting back out there. Oh, the please. I would love to see that. What's Ronnie Brown doing? Ronnie that guy was Brown. a beast. That's a throwback. Yeah, see? It, even even then, throwing out names of guys that used to play for the Dolphins is much more fun than watching any one of their games. So, seriously, I'm just trying to think of something to make these guys appetizing. Because otherwise, it is a complete joke, and they're making a mockery of football. And everyone watching. Yeah. I feel stupid for trying to figure out a game that a team's getting 17 points. Come on. That's just dumb. Let's move on to something that actually matters. Let's hear what the coin has to say and well, forget the Dolphins existed. But I got to make my crazy pick, though. Okay. No. Yeah. No, I'm going there. Los Angeles is going to win this game. I don't think that without a shadow of a doubt that Phillip Rivers is going to lose to this fucking shit squad in Miami. However... They've been they've been having some turmoil. I don't know. I think 16 and a half is quite a bit. I think they're going to fall within that range. So I've got to pick Miami for the pick, but Los Angeles is going to win the damn game. Oh, for sure. Now, oh, I got to I got to admit something. I picked them in week 2 when they were getting, I don't know, something ridiculous, 15, 18, something stupid. I picked them. Week three, they were getting 22 points against the Cowboys. And I felt like there was no way I can pass it up. And now I'm at a point, I've been burned twice before. And you know what they say, fool me once, shame on me. Fool me twice, shame on me. Fool me three times. You can't get fooled again. And you know what? Fool me a third time because give me the Dolphins. Woo! I'm, yeah. I'm feeling crazy. You know what? Lace is out, Dan. If we're going to go down, let's go down in a blaze of fucking glory, right? You're damn right. All right, let's do it. So we're both certifiably insane. Yep. Let's hear what the coin has to say. The coin thinks we're fucking stupid, and honestly, I don't blame them. I agree 100%. The, coin, <laughs> the coin's going to go with the Chargers here, so we'll see what happens. Let's move on. All right, on to the other steaming pile of shit. We have the Washington Redskins at the New York Giants. I just want to start this off by saying Danny Dimes is the stupidest fucking nickname ever. Stop giving people fucking nicknames. This is like Muscle Hamster all over again. Like, stop. Yeah, I thought the whole point of nicknames were you give them to someone on something that is earned, and if we all collectively agree, then we roll with it. Like, you know what nickname's kind of badass? Megatron. Hell yeah. Like, that was one where it's like, yeah, you know what? It didn't really fit at all, but we're all kind of like, yeah, that's badass. We're going to roll with it. But are we going to do this for everyone? Because there's guys out there that are great that don't have nicknames. Does Aaron Rodgers have a nickname? No. Does Patrick Mahomes have a nickname? No. Should we go make a really stupid nickname for those guys? Hell no. Please don't. Stop doing this, people. Let him play. He had one good game. And I'm not going to sit here and shit on his performance because that was great. That was honestly the most fun I had hey. watching football all weekend was watching him mount that comeback. He 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 did okay, man. He did better than okay. He put up numbers, and then he did the one thing that, that non-ass Hall of Famer having motherfucker Eli Manning could Don't never start. do. And did you see that rush? For the touchdown, wide open. No that one there because they did not respect the quarterback to rush because why would they ever think for a second that a quarterback on the Giants roster could even muster enough gas to make it to the end zone? He proved them all wrong. You did it. 
put the team on his back. They won. I thought it was pretty cool. I thought so too. Now, there everything wasn't all uh, smiles with the Giants. No, they they did happen to suffer a really big blow, and that's the loss of uh, superstar running back Saquon Barkley. And it doesn't sound good. I mean, high ankle sprain is usually never good. I mean, usually we're, that's like a four to six week injury. No matter that's, how you slice that's it, that's low end. And that's provided that's the optimi- recovery is good. Yes, yeah, that's very optimistic. <laughs> but did you see? Uh, did you see his reaction after the game? Though hey, that man, was kind of priceless. I think he could play on one foot. To be honest, after <laughs> seeing him jump, I mean, jump if anyone like could, I mean, he he would be the guy. The guy is a freak. You like, pick him for a reason. Let's see him uh, try him out there with one foot. See what happens. Uh, for some reason, I advise that's not a good idea because <laughs> I honestly think this may work in the Giants' favor. Mm-hmm. This is not a playoff team. And I think we knew this even before the switch at quarterback. We knew this from day one. So what generally happens with teams that aren't playoff teams? There's two schools of thoughts. There's some people that believe that you play out the season and you try to build some sort of momentum. You try to get everybody in your system and kind of get used to how things are going to go in in a game time situation. But then there's the uh, Miami Dolphins, Philadelphia 76ers, trust the process thought idea, which is exactly where I think the Giants should be. This is not a championship team. They are so far away. They have so many holes. They should just be looking to develop guys as much as they can, but at the same time knowing that this is a, this ain't the year. They just need to keep moving forward, and, you know, if they go 2-14, they go 2-14, but at least they can go out and get a nice, new, shiny player that can come in and make a difference for them next year. Now, like every matchup, there's two teams playing here. Are there? Uh yeah, you bring oh, up you're right. Point. No, there is, yeah. I mean, I could sit here and talk about the Giants all day because they're obviously the more entertaining of the two teams here. But let's talk Redskins, I guess. Case Keenum sucks, right? Yeah. Uh, is this fair to say? I think I hate how this works in the NFL is everybody always overreacts on one season. Some of these guys, if you put them in the absolute perfect situation, they'll win. I mean, no one's sitting here saying that Trent Dilfer was a great quarterback or Brad Johnson was a great quarterback, but they were in great situations, and they were able to manage the game and make things happen. Now, Case Keenum did that in Minnesota, but you look at what he's got in Washington, there's nothing there. He's without his best tackle. He's got old man Adrian Peterson, who's, you know, kind of serviceable, but nothing to write home about at this point. He's definitely not what he was. And I couldn't name you one of the guys catching passes. Santana Moss still out there. Hey, uh, I'm trying to think who else out there is. Do they got Art Monk? Ooh. I, I, maybe I can just you know just pull some names. Well, the out top of guy. Ass. Oh wait, Vernon Davis. That's right. He's there. Oh, I mean, there is the one guy who's uh, supposedly. I feel like I read this article every year, but I guess uh, Jordan Reed's career is in jeopardy. Which, at this point, come on, dude, give it up. I'm sorry. It sucks that it's got to go this way, but it's over, man. Like, quit killing yourself for this bum-ass team. He had a lot of concussions. And, I mean, he's got probably just as many concussions as Case Keenum had turnovers against the Bears. Yeah, that was looking pretty rough. What the fuck? So the one funny thing I did see from this team this week was John, uh, John Gruden. Jay Gruden came out and said in a press conference after he had been asked the question of, is this a lost season? And of course he said no. I mean, who else would come out there and say Can't it? Can't really say anything else. But here's my retort to that is this is a lost season, and Jay Gruden couldn't find it with a map and a case of Coronas that he got from his brother. 
That's how clueless and fucking dumb and idiotic this man is. And the fact that after all these years, they're still rolling with them and they're still trying to push this forward, it just boggles my mind. This is clearly a team that has lost control, where there's nothing left, put Haskins in, yep, blow it up, start over. Yep, and I mean the giant turd rolls downhill for Washington. That's the way I've seen it for years. Is it starts at the top and it rolls out of the way to the bottom, and everyone gets covered in shit. <sighs> All right, enough shit talk. Let's let's move on. I'm Who are you going the, with the G-men? I'm going with the G-men too. Let's see what the coin has to say. Well, the coin's picking the Redskins. Was Jason Campbell going to go out there and throw some touchdowns? Oh, I think so. Or uh, hey. They should get RG3. Ooh. He still has his other knee they can blow out. They should bring back Shanahan to finish the job. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Next matchup. We have the Carolina Panthers at the Houston Texans with the Carolina getting four and a half points. That was a that was an interesting week for both of these teams. You could say so. I, I want to start by saying this. Is it fair to say uh, that Deshaun Watson is the most valuable player now i know there's the award and everything and usually that goes to the best guy and the best team but i want to look at it just strictly for that meaning how well do you think the texans do for the rest of the year if deshaun watson were to be injured incapacitated not able to play they'd be terrible you think they get to maybe four wins for the season maybe but i mean Look what he's doing right now. I seriously feel like when I watch them that he is putting the team on his back. He is going out there. It seems like he's playing like a Madden quarterback. And I don't want to he's sell them wide out life. short either. Because oh, they have yeah, some no. dynamic players on offense. Hopkins was a beast. Mm-hmm. He always is, though. I mean, you yeah, can't yeah. really undersell how But, I mean, Watson is. is getting hit after hit after hit after hit. And he's still getting it done. Yeah. Now, there's also the fact that look at the team they're playing against. It's almost like you can almost maybe look into a mirror, though. They need to get that guy some protection because look at Cam Newton. The injuries have just piled up and piled up and piled up to the point where he did not look like Cam Newton at all this season. Well, it's kind of interesting that you bring that up because they did just say recently that they're going to sit Cam Newton until he's 100% healthy. Now, there's a reason for that. Did you see the performance that Kyle Allen had against the Cardinals? Holy shit. This guy came out of nowhere. He yeah. just came out and he was he was slinging it. He was getting the job done. We got a flashback performance from Greg Olson. Yeah, he did. I, I can't remember the last time that guy went out there and had two touchdowns. I feel like it's more likely nowadays for him to get two concussions and break his foot than it is for him to put up any numbers like that get two cues next to his name on your fantasy football roster yeah yeah that's that's definitely more likely for him so uh, what are we gonna see from the panthers moving forward because i feel like this is a pretty predictable team like we can all kind of see how their season's going to go like they're clearly not that great on defense they're an offense that is stale and predictable. We can all see Christian McCaffrey coming from a mile away. It's just going to be dependent on which teams are smart enough to actually understand that he's the only thing that makes that go. So what's going to happen? Like, Are they going to be able to keep this momentum they have going from this win that they had last week? I mean, granted, I mean, it was the Cardinals. I'm not going to sit here and say that it was this epic win that saved their season. 
But I don't want to bury him either. It's still no. too early. Well, and I think their defense gets an automatic boost by having a quarterback that's not dead out there playing the game. I, I do have to say that. I, I I almost want to give Cam some credit because Without a, lot of question. People, a lot of people will sit here and like will shit on him for you know his inauspicious start and how he'd been off on his passes and how he's not making anything happen on the ground either like he had been prior. But in most cases, a lot of these times, if he would have came out and just said, yeah, I'm too hurt to play, we all would have questioned his toughness. But here's a guy that went out there, clearly was not able to play, and was hurting his team based on how tough he was. And we need to kind of put that whole stereotype to bed. Like, if you're hurt, you're hurt. I understand you want to play. I understand there's only a limited amount of Sundays in the season, and you want to be out there for every single one. But sometimes, you know, manning up isn't the best thing for you or your team. And I think that's what this is showing now is we're able to see someone something different, and I think maybe in the long run this is best for all parties. Yeah, because, I mean, he is he's caught so many injuries throughout the years that he is now when he does come back, he is going to have to change how he plays quarterback without, oh, without question. Yeah. He's going to have to be a completely different quarterback. And I hope that he can figure that out because if they can figure that out and they can get him some protection and he can stay in the pocket a little more, I think maybe maybe he can get a couple more years out of his career without getting hurt too much more. Okay. Well, who you got this one? I'm going with Houston. Yeah, I think it's pretty obvious here. I mean, I don't know how you could feel that confident about the Panthers, even with a backup quarterback that vastly outperformed our expectations. Let's go to the coin. Seems like we're in unison on the Panthers. Let's yes, see sir. what the coin has to say. And the coin's sticking with us, going with the Texans here. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the Los Angeles Rams. The Rams are giving the Buccaneers nine and a half points. Oh, you got to feel bad for the Bucs. A little bit. That was probably one of the most hilarious collapses I've seen in a long time. Like, they were actually in control of that game for the good majority of it. And you kind of thought that even when the Giants were driving to get that score, like, okay, well, there's a lot of time left. They can make something happen. And so Daniel Jones gets that scramble, gets the go-ahead touchdown. They still go on a pretty epic drive. That pass from Jameis Winston to Mike Evans was incredible. I seriously thought right then and there, like, they're kicking this. This is going up. They finally bed. found Mike Evans. Yeah, yeah. They they made some things happen there. So they take a, a five-yard penalty leading up to the game-winning kick. Now, I this just boggles my mind. But for whatever reason, Bruce Arians thought that, that those extra five yards would have made the kick even easier for the kicker, which I'm just going to sit here and say – Anytime you make a kick longer, that's always going to be harder, Bruce. I'm not sure what you were thinking there. Uh, what? But so inevitably, they get the snap up, and that couldn't have been closer. But you just kind of felt like they were going to miss that. It seemed like it was storybook for oh, Daniel yeah. Jones and the Giants. Yeah, I mean, Jameis is hungry, and they're not feeding him W's. Yeah, he, honestly, he's been on a hunger strike, it seems like. <laughs> he's avoiding those W's like the plague. So use anything he can to stay away from the W's. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, I, I don't know. The Bucs just aren't good. The Rams are world beaters. You flip side it, how many more teams are managing games better than the Los Angeles Rams right now? 
I think, I mean, it's them and the Pats. It seems like both of them just aren't trying. Like, they're both kind of just like wake us up when the playoffs start. Yep. And that's why it's kind of interesting to see what the other teams are doing because you got the Cowboys firing all cylinders. You got the Chiefs coming out there, continuing what they did last year. Baltimore looks great. Uh, the Saints are keeping up even with some hard times that they've been through. And then you got the Rams who just like doesn't seem like they care. Their hearts aren't in it. Like, they were toying with the Browns that whole game. Like, I seriously felt like they could have, if they wanted to, dialed something up and made it happen whenever they wanted. But they didn't feel like they needed to. And they did what it took to win. I think they're playing with a really good poker face. Maybe the best. I think so. And I think, you know, this week they're going to feast on eye patches and peg legs. I think they're going to uh they're gonna make things a little rough for the Buccaneers. I'm Definitely thinking that this is going to be the week where they come out there and they they uh, put up some points and they're going to stick it to the Bucks. So I'm going with the Rams for sure. Yeah, I just don't think nine and a half points is enough. Got to go with the Rams. And let's hear from the coin. And the coin agrees. Uh, looks like we're all in on the Rams this week. Let's go to the next matchup. The Seattle Seahawks at the Arizona Cardinals with Arizona getting four and a half points. Okay. After a couple nice performances, the Cards finally looked like a team that was picking first last year. I thought that they played a pretty good game against the Lions in a game that they definitely should have lost. And also, I thought they were looking like a, you know, at least a competent football team when they took on the Ravens the week too. But that last game against the Panthers left a lot to be desired. I really thought that that was going to be the game they're going to come out and get their first true win of the season. And they were going to really start the. Kyler Murray air off with a bang, but it just didn't happen. I'm not sure what to say about him at this point. I don't think there's much to say. They've had flashes of brilliance. They're still going to be. They're going to struggle all season. They're going to. They have to find their identity, and it's something that they might not even find this year. Yeah, I think it's going to take them some time. And 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 speaking of identities, when you think of the Seattle Seahawks, what do you think about? I think about Russell Wilson and how he's carrying this team yet again. Yeah, that's that's kind of what it's become, but historically, it hasn't always been running the football on defense. You'd think. I mean, my fondest memories of the Seattle Seahawks were whenever they would give the ball, actually give the ball to Marshawn Lynch. Yeah, it seems like that was like a key to them winning is him getting the ball and not Russell Wilson. It helps a lot. Yeah, um, but that's just not what it is right now. No. They have absolutely zero running attack, and teams aren't respecting it. And it's obvious. And eventually, I mean, Russell Wilson's going to run out of gas. He's playing out of his mind right now. But for how long How long can they keep this up? I mean, that remains to be seen. I mean, I think that's what happened in last week's game is I thought Wilson played incredible, but he can't be your only form of offense all game long. And I think, you know, when they lost, uh, when they lost Doug Baldwin, that was a big thing. They still haven't really recovered from when they lost Beast Mode. They're still trying to fill that void, and it hasn't really worked. They get Carson. They get these guys, whether it's ProSize, Carson, but they're just – they have flashes. They'll have a game, and then all of a sudden that guy's the starting running back. And then their third-tier running back will come in, and he'll have a game, and then he becomes the starting running back. They have this carousel of players that other teams have, like the Patriots do this, and they do it better than anyone else in the league. Why is it so hard for Seattle to do the same thing? 
I don't know. And that's kind of kind of weird because they were able to kind of be real consistent with that in years prior. Like they were always the team that would somehow magically find a cornerback or a pass rusher or or a pass catcher and they would always just consistently roll and it seems like in the last couple of seasons they've just had the hardest time filling out that roster and finding playmakers. So I, I don't know. I don't know what to make of them, but I think they're going to keep doing what they're doing, playing ugly football and winning. And I'm going to go with the Seahawks this week. Yep, I'm going with Russell Wilson and the Seahawks. And the coin. The coin is sticking with the pack here. Uh, looks like uh, we're all in on the Seahawks. And the next matchup is the Minnesota Vikings at the Chicago Bears, with the Bears giving up two and a half points to the Vikings. We kind of talked about this a little bit earlier, but the NFC North is pretty much all ball control football now, and these are two teams that, again, kind of fit with that logic. Yeah. I mean, they're getting it done. They're a little boring, but they're getting it done. And it's really going to be, I think in this game, it's going to be a tale of two defenses in which quarterback's going to make the least amount of mistakes. I actually think it may be a little different. Yeah. I'm thinking, are we going to get another solid performance from arguably the best running back so far in the NFL, Dalvin Cook? Mm. Because you look at like when Minnesota has been able to win games, they've been basically charging him with the whole offense. They're basically saying, hey, go out there, get the job done. And he's been running consistently for 100 yards a game. He's been electric. Yeah. And I know we keep bringing up the injury concerns, but at this point I kind of got to say, like, he looks flawless. I don't see any reason why they can't continue to do this for the rest of the season. And I think that's going to be the key going forward is if they're able to continue to keep picking up all these chunk yards on the ground, like – that's going to make things easier for Kirk Cousins, who I think it's fair to say at this point, he's an average quarterback. And to expect him to be like an Aaron Rodgers or a Tom Brady is foolish. And and I think they've realized this now. Like He's a guy that if you put him in the right situation, he can get the job done, but you can't depend on him to save you. And I think that's what got him in trouble against the Packers a couple of weeks ago is they got in a situation where they got down quick and he was just forcing throws that he shouldn't make and – that kind of what was what did them in. So I think if they're able to kind of get an early lead and jump out on the Bears, that could be a good sign for them. But let's talk about the Bears real quick. Uh, they came out and they did what they needed to do. They slaughtered a bad Redskins team. But what is going on with this offense? Do you think that was what they needed? Like they needed just some sort of confidence boost for Trubisky? And what is the plan with Tariq Cohen? Because I thought – Seriously, I mean, judging by what they did last year and how successful they were on offense, I thought this was the the guy. This was the playmaker that kind of drove the offense. And this year, they seem to not really be getting him involved. And I don't know if this is by design. I know they did say at the beginning of the season, Coach Matt Nagy kind of made it clear that he didn't want to run Cohen into the ground because by the time they got to the playoffs, he was he just looked tired. I mean, mm-hmm. there's no way around that. So are they going to continue to do this? Like, Is this the game plan? Or what are they thinking? Because I think they're going to have to let them loose soon because I don't know if they have enough to overcome a team like the Vikings here. And not only that, I don't think you want Trubisky to be shouldering that load because he's kind of proven that he's inconsistent at best when he's forced to do so. Yeah, I think sadly he's going to be one of those guys that no matter what, everybody's going to think, oh, gee. We could have had Pat Mahomes. Oh, gee, we could have had Deshaun Watson. And I think that's going to follow him around forever. And and sadly, it, it sucks because I don't think he's that bad of a quarterback. No. I think a lot of teams would like to have him. 
But when you're a team like the Bears, who clearly looks like a Super Bowl team, they're going to need them to step up. So we'll see what happens here. I'm going to go with the Vikings, though. I'm going to go with the Bears. I think their defense is going to bring it this time. And, I mean, two and a half points to give up isn't a lot. I think that they could easily win by a field goal in this one. Okay. Well, that's settled. Let's go with the coin. And the coin is going with the Bears here. So, looks like it'll change it up a little bit. All right. We have the Jacksonville Jaguars at the Denver Broncos, with Denver only giving up three and a half points to Jacksonville. I give this game four ambience out of five. Uh, this is your weekly edition of uh, Comatose Theater. And I really think uh, this is going to be a struggle. This is going to be one of those games that the only way I'm going to pay attention to this is if it inexplicably shows up on red zone. Otherwise, I don't care. I'm not playing anybody in fantasy from this matchup. Uh, if I never saw another highlight of Joe Flacco again, I think I'd be pretty happy. But did you see that throw that he had against the Packers last week? That mm -hmm. might have been one of the all-time worst ones I've ever seen. He drilled the DB right between the numbers. There wasn't a Bronco in sight. That was epically bad. I think we can finally answer the age-old question. Joe Flacco is not elite, and he never was. Quit it with that, okay? Yep, he's basically Brandon Whedon. Yeah, I, I think he's Brandon Whedon with one lucky season. Yep, and uh, you know what? I think the Denver Broncos are going to need John Elway to get out there and suit up if they're going to want to have a chance against Jacksonville. Oh, we're keeping that old-timers yep. game idea going. They need to do the same thing because I'll tell you what. The Broncos fucking suck. Gardner Minshew fucking rules, and that's all you need to know. Yeah, pretty much. That, that guy's the chosen one, baby. Yeah, I I can't think of a guy that I've been uh, so all in on. They're one Gardner and two, Minshew. and yeah. that's the funny thing. I don't give a shit about the record. He's awesome. Yeah, he's he's been the most fun thing to follow all year, and honestly, I kind of want him to do well because you're right. He straight up rules, and there's nothing – that you can say bad about Gardner Minshew. And even if there is, I'm not listening. Nope. The guy's a saint. Yep. And well, he well, he's a Jaguar, but he's but you know what I mean. He's a saint. Like there's no, he's never done anything wrong. He's a good Christian boy, supposedly. I don't know. He's he seems like a beast. Like, let's just leave it at that. Gardner Minshew is the truth, and you will never hear us talk bad about him here on this show. Nope. So I think we're in agreement here. Let's let's go, Jack. I'm going with the chosen one. Okay, well, let's see what uh, the old coin has to say. Looks like the coin is buying into the Minshew hype. So it looks like we're going three for three on Gardner Minshew. So uh, hopefully this is the last we have to talk about this matchup. I mean, I'm getting tired already, and I'm definitely not falling into the trap of last week of thinking the Broncos are going to do fucking anything. I already so. fell asleep twice just thinking about it. Yeah. All right, let's move on. What do we got for Sunday Night Football? We got a big one. We have the Dallas Cowboys at the New Orleans Saints with the Saints getting two and a half points. Yeah, this is this this game's a shame. I mean, seriously, the Cowboys looked really impressive. I think they're outside of the teams that went to the championship game last year. I think they this is the most complete team, and they're really kind of proving that they are a legit force, and we shouldn't underestimate them. Yeah, this has been a Cowboys team that has been firing on absolutely all cylinders all season long. 
I've been very quick to point out any flaw in any Cowboys team over the last 15 years, and this is one team that I can tell you I cannot really do the same thing. Oh, I think they're legit. I don't think there is one thing that you can look at and say, like, oh, well, they need to do this better. Like, they're uh, lackluster here. Like, no, they've been playing perfect football on every side of the ball, and if they're able to keep this going, I think the sky's the limit for them. Now, on the other hand, I wish Drew Brees wasn't hurt. I really wish we could see both these teams at full strength. This matchup would be so much more enticing. They were able to kind of keep it together with Teddy in there last week. So they held on. They're still 2-1. and one. Yeah, they're keeping their season alive. In a game where pretty much everybody thought the Seahawks were going to roll them, it just makes you think, can they do it again? I mean, they're at home here, and it's very rare that you see the Saints giving up points at home. But that kind of just shows you the lack of confidence that everybody has in Teddy here. And now, I don't know. I believed in them last week, but I just really can't now. I think the Cowboys are going to roll. I think this is going to be the game where the Cowboys kind of put it all together. They're going to show you who they really are. I mean, they just came off their bye week against Miami, so they should be pretty well rested and ready to go. I think they're going to put up some points, and this will be the week where we really start to see the bandwagon start to grow for the Cowboys. I mean, it's already a pretty oversized bandwagon, but I think it's going to get out of control here. Yeah, pretty the soon. wheels are going to start to fall off. Oh, I don't know about that, but I think, I think the it bandwagon. is a pretty heavy load. That's yeah. what I'm saying. There's a little bit uh, too much girth on that wagon. Oh, yeah, that's for sure. I'm going with the Cowboys. I think you are too, right? I'm going with the Cowboys. I just don't I don't see it going any other way. I mean, the only way New Orleans wins this is somehow they can get the Cowboys to make some mistakes, which they have not been able to do. The New Orleans defense really needs to show up and knock them in the mouth, but I don't see it happening. Going with the Dallas Cowboys. Okay. Uh, so we agree. Let's go ahead and confer with the coin. And the coin is going with the Cowboys as well. So another uh, trifecta pick here. It looks like we're all in on Dallas. And on to the battle of ass. We have the Cincinnati Bengals at the Pittsburgh Steelers on Monday Night Football. With the Steelers giving the Bengals four and a half points. Okay, so I know that there's some sort of NFL rule that exists that prevents the same five or six teams from playing on primetime games every week. But seriously, do we really need to do this every week? There's about probably, I don't know, three or four games that are happening on 1 o'clock on Sunday that are much more interesting than this steaming pile of shit. Yeah, I can't. What's the point of even watching these games? Uh, it's You know what it is? I think Monday Night Football Gambling. exists for this reason. Yeah, it's to win back your losses from Sunday. It's like, how the fuck is this on my TV during primetime on Monday? Yeah, I mean... I'd I, rather watch the Dallas Cowboys and the Saints, even the Vikings and the Bears. You can go up and down this list and pick out four or five other games. Would be, and pretty much any goddamn game is going to be better than this. I think Lions-Chiefs has a much Without higher ceiling of a potential to be a great game than this one. This is two shit squads that couldn't play their way out of a shit paper bag, if that makes any damn sense. Yeah, um... And we're st we're not correcting um, our opinions on the Bengals here. We're still sticking with what we said last week. This is a nasty team. Yep. I can't believe we even tried to give them the benefit of the nope. doubt. They are going nowhere fast. And I really do think that one of these two teams is going to end up being the last place finisher of the AFC North. So I guess there's that to look forward to. Is it going to be the Steelers? Who knows? Mason Rudolph looked actually pretty decent in the game against the Niners. 
they almost pulled that one out. I mean, yep. they were, you know, a last-second collapse away from winning that game. No so. rhythm, though. Yeah, I don't know what they're going to do going forward. It seems like they're just a lost team, and this is a lost season. They're piling up injuries left and right, too. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, but at the same time, I buy into the Bengals even less, so I guess give me the Steelers. All right, I'm going with Cincinnati. I'm going with the Red Rocket. What ma- What makes you say that? I don't know. I just think that they – I'm going all the way back to the game against the Seahawks. I know that's a ways to go back. I'm just saying that Pittsburgh has done, in my opinion, even less. I know they almost beat the Niners, but or were the Niners – how hard were they playing? Who knows? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's interesting. The Steelers' defense is okay, too. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. They're actually pretty good. But that – that offense is anemic. Yeah, and, and I I can't fault your logic there because, I mean, it's been proven. I mean, they really didn't do much against the Seahawks. They kind of looked terrible in week one against the Pats. And, honestly, the last game, they weren't looking so hot either. So, so I get it. I understand uh, your logic here. But I guess let's see what the coin has to say. And the coin is going with the Steelers here. So it looks like, uh, again, uh, we got kind of a split going on here. We got me and the coin with the Steelers and Tub going with the Bengals. So. Hey, that's all right. I know Cincinnati's ass and we'll be ass together. Yeah, well, speaking of ass, let's go ahead and wrap this up. It's been uh, been a fun week four preview. Thanks again for joining us on Even the Odds. My name is Jim. And I'm Tub. And we're going to leave you one more time with this week's great moments in football history. Thanks for joining us and catch you next week. The Vikings are not inside field goal range for Morton Anderson. Oh, Culpepper, Moss, Randy Moss is in for a touchdown. Oh, Al Harris playing off, bit up on the route, and Randy Moss, without even really being able to run as he shoots the moon to the fans here in Green Bay. That is a disgusting act by Randy Moss. And it's unfortunate that we had that on our air live. That is disgusting by Randy Moss. Well, let's get back to the point.